Let's get the proceedings proceeding this weekend, man. Combination, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 190. You heard that right, episode 190 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Today's show, Seth Part now of The Athletic returns to the show. Seth is the former director of basketball research for the Milwaukee Bucks. A great conversation with Seth. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You can find Seth on Twitter at Seth Part now. That's S-E-T-H-P-A-R-T-N-O-W. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's... Get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Seth, welcome back to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling today? Doing all right. Uh, it's it's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. Seth Parnell of the Athletic to give you your proper introduction. Um, man, this is what I really wanted to talk to you about. You know, because I had this theory, uh, going into these bubble games that it would lend hand to crazy shooting performances. I mean, Seth, you play basketball. No matter who you're playing against, I think if you were playing in an arena versus a small gym, you think you would shoot better in the small gym, right? Yeah, I think so. Um. There's been some study, there's some evidence that the arena thing is real, some evidence that it might not be. Um, but certainly everyone seems like they like the shooting background there. I mean, it's a not a huge effect, but it's but it seems like guys are shooting better in 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 these kind of uh you know, these convention hall gyms. Right. So what are the numbers actually telling you? Because there is some eye-popping stuff like you know, TJ Warren averaging 30, um, yeah, guy shooting 60-70% from three. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, first game, 57 points. Luka Doncic, 42 in his first ever playoff game. What are the numbers actually saying? So there's two things going on. One, the pace of play is just a little bit higher. Okay. Um, so that's like, the, like just the points being scored are higher. And some of that is teams playing faster. Some of that is, frankly, they've called a ton of fouls. And that actually has a way of, you know, increasing pace instead of uh, you, get, you get like, a, you know, a, a away from the ball foul, 14 on the shot clock. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty quick possession actually might, might slow the viewing experience down, but in terms of number of possessions you're going to get in the game. Uh, so that's, that's, that's up about three possessions a game. I want to say in the bubble and then players are shooting just a little bit better. Um, okay. You can look at it a number of different ways. Like, you know, looking at the players who are taking shots on their open, the best way I think to look at it is just look at guys on their open shots. So you're not worried about, well, he's contested. He was off the dribble. Shot clock was running down, yada, yada, yada. Just like open jumpers that are, you know, just a measure of a guy's skill. Um, that's up about one little over 1% uh, on, on the way kind of the same shooters have, have, have shot during, during the season or and really over their career. Uh, free throw shooting is up a touch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's something to it. I don't know if it's the shooting background or if it's the fans or, or kind of lack of kind of uh, you know, fans, whether that's the noise or the kind of the motion behind the baskets, but yeah, the shooting has been 
a little better. So there is some truth to my prediction. I like it. I like it, Seth. You know, Seth, you're the former director of basketball research for the Bucks. <laughs> what kind of issues would your job deal with somebody with your job deal with right now, not actually being in the bubble? Like with technology, does it even make a difference or there's a lot of dilemmas and issues going on with that? Um, you know, I think we're all finding in this in this time that just communication over Zoom is there's some things that work well and some things that don't. Um, right. uh, so, so um, I think that the my guess is that the teams that had like kind of robust kind of processes for automatically like reporting stuff and and getting information out and it's like you could either hand someone a stack of paper or you text it to them or you email it to them or it is just there on a website. Um, I think the, the, the better that, that teams have had that dialed in, probably there's been, uh, there's been less change. Um, but in terms of you have to be really intentional about how you do your communication uh, so that, that, you know, the, the kind of those conversations you can, you can just, you know, in normal times, you could run into someone in the hallway and say, Hey, I was looking at this thing and, and I noticed and blah, blah, blah. And then you, you just kind of fall into a conversation that way. You can't do that. So right. you have to, you know, if there are ways that there are, that you can kind of pass along those ideas, um, that's a little harder because, you know, not everyone's always going to be at their computer and, and, you know, I have to imagine that uh, the folks in the bubble are, are, I mean, I know from having talked to people down there that they're, you know, taking advantage of being able to, you know, go outside and relax. And, um, you know, from I've uh, uh, talking to some non-playing staff down there, it's actually, they've, they kind of enjoyed it because it allowed them to get into a, a kind of a healthy daily routine almost. Um, right. That isn't totally the case for us kind of on the outside. But so you, you just never know if someone, you're going to catch someone in their room or, or what that happened or how that could work. Yeah. So are, are analytic guys down there? So, uh, so there are some teams that have, that have like uh, analytics folks, like uh, with the staff, um, okay. uh, like with the coaching staff. And, and some of those guys are down there. Um, a couple of teams um, have kind of people who've come out of the analytics realm as bench coaches, actually um, uh, Washington, who are obviously no longer there, but Toronto uh, is still is still in the bubble, and and uh, and um, they have a they have a, they have a bench assistant who who is who I believe she is down there. Actually, I haven't looked on 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 the film on on, on the video to to, to see if, uh, if if her name is uh, Brittany Donaldson if she's if she's down there. Okay. Um, there's a couple other um, kind of uh, heads of analytics who regularly travel with the team. I'm pretty sure that the the folks from Dallas and Philly are there. I'm not sure off the top of my head about other teams. Um, so it's, some are, um, but I think it, it's, it's with so few spots available, it's just a matter of, of prioritization. And that varies from team to team. Seth, any basketball opinions that really jump out that you had pre-bubble that have now changed? I know it's a small sample size, but are there any priors you kind of moved off from? Um, I mean, in the, in the playoffs, not so much yet. It's, it's, you know, the playoffs are all about kind of game to game adjustments and balancing what you see with the matchup advantage against like not wanting to freak out over one game. Cause all right, we won by 42 tonight, but uh, two days from now, the score starts at zero and you don't, you you can't bank any of that lead. And, and, you know, it's, uh, it's actually, it's actually something I'm I'm researching right now is, is whether or not that has a carryover and my, intuition is no uh but uh, 
the biggest thing takeaway is is just I got kind of excited about uh, what the Suns have going. Wow! Yeah, um, they, I mean, for a team that kind of could have very much gone through the motions from the first kind of of the scrimmages, that was a team that is like we are we are getting the most out of this experience as like live reps to grow as a team, and we know we're not winning a championship this year, almost certainly but we are using this as a building experience. And that was really, it was really impressive. And almost from their, their sake, I don't think it could have gone better winning all their games and still missing the, the playoffs is, you know, you end with a good taste in your mouth, but also like still hungry. Cause you didn't, you know, uh, on, on some level, Portland sort of achieved a goal by making the playoffs and right. Phoenix didn't do that. And obviously Portland, because they've been there before has bigger goals than that. But Phoenix, having not even been there, like they did everything they could, and they still need know they need to get better. Just from a, you know, from a psychology of 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 working on your game standpoint, how how big a bonus for that organization is that? You know what I mean? No, for sure. Speaking of psychology, like I think we always want to see the underdog do well. Yeah. So shall we be more excited about Denver's future than the Suns? Because, I mean, they're already doing well, so we don't look at it like that, really. But, you know, with the emergence of MPJ and maybe Bol Bol could give us something in the future, doesn't their future seem a lot more bright than a lot of these other teams or even the Suns? That might be. It's just you think about where the Suns have been basically since, you know, trading Steve Nash. Right, and yeah. And so it's, just, it's just, such a, just such a change for them. Like, Denver has been, like, a pretty solid team and organization for for you know a, a decent while and the suns haven't been that so seeing them kind of you know from the start of the year they you know they bring in aaron baines they bring in ricky rubio and all of a sudden it's like and and i, I i'd be remiss not to say monty williams as, as the coach and it's like 100%. oh this this is a professional basketball team now yes and and just kind of and as someone who likes things that are good um, you know, I, I just like seeing that kind of that, 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 uh, that sort of competence, like spreading to, to more teams around the league. So that's, um, yeah, I mean, if, if for the next couple of years, do I think Denver has a better chance of going deeper in the playoffs than Phoenix does? Yes. But, uh, just relative to where they've been, I mean, Phoenix has to be, you just, you have a good feeling about them. A hundred percent. I want to shift to the Rockets and James Harden from what I, yeah. from what I'm seeing from James Harden is. He's playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play. And I'm not talking about scoring. I think he's pounding less just from the eye test, just from the eye test. Uh, yeah. um, you know, he's making the right pass more often. Do you see that as well? And what are the numbers telling you? Um, I, th- I mean, he's, he's, he's playing, he's playing really well. They, yeah. um, they're, they're, they're so fascinating to watch. hundred um, percent. I agree with just, you. Just, I mean, first of all, he has to work so hard on offense for them. And then, yeah, he rests a little bit on defense. But then because he works so hard on offense and the other guys can mostly kind of space and occasionally cut and occasionally attack a closeout, the other guys work so hard on defense when they're playing well. And it's, it's, it's really kind of interesting to watch. The, you, know, the, uh, um, you know, the days all run together now. But uh, was game, the game went for them was yesterday, I guess. Yeah. On Wednesday. Like everyone else on the team was just flying around. Uh, um, um, and, and so that, and the fact that they're just trying something different is, is, is interesting, but yeah, I think that, that he is, um, as just far as a offensive creator, 
Um, he is about as good as you can almost imagine someone being. You know, I wanted to shift to Karis LeVert. Um, where do you see him? Do you see him more as a primary option on a great playoff team or a good playoff team? Or do you see him more as a sixth man? Because the guy does need the ball in his hands to be effective. I mean, he's not an off-the-ball player. So where do you yeah. see his potential? And he's not that – you know, we use the pro- word potential, but he's not even that young anymore. So where do you see it going with him? He's So he is one of my favorite players to watch just, just because of how – easy he makes getting into the lane look right um uh and yeah i mean you said it like he is a guy who kind of needs the ball in his hands and you know brooklyn as kind of bubble version of brooklyn he gets to do that he looks great um you add kd you add Kyrie, spencer dinwiddie comes back how much does he get to do that and you know is, is that the is that the the best use of him to have him in like a you know, a Jamal Crawfordy kind of six man role. Um, I mean, that, right. that can be that, that can be effective, but I feel like that's almost a waste. And would like, he be? And would he be happy with that? Yeah, I mean, that's important. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think so. I mean, there. My guess is that they're going to. This is not based on any information, but they're going to at some point look to trade either him or Dinwiddie, uh, just because you know. Okay, well, we've got this. We've got so much, you know, ball handling and creation. Let's uh, let's maybe balance our roster out and get some shooting and get some defense and and stuff like that. And those are both both guys are are you know good players in or entering their prime on pretty reasonable contracts. So I think you could do pretty well, um, you know, if if you if you kind of let it be known that uh, that 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 either either player was available. Because if I was, you know, if I was a, an up and coming team, if I was Charlotte. And I found out that that like Levert was possibly available. Like I'm trying to, you know, not sure Charlotte has enough to trade for him, to be honest. Um, right. but that would be that would be the type of player that's like, okay, no, that's the guy who can who's gonna make us go for the next couple of years. Yeah, your guy Dave Dufour was on my pod. I think he mentioned Kennard would be a good trade. <laughs> yeah, I know. I the, the the funny thing is, is is even even healthy, I think Brooklyn thinks more highly of I've I've actually had that conversation with people. And and Brooklyn uh, feels uh, thinks far more highly of uh, of Levert as do as do I frankly uh, uh, than than trading him for for Kennard. But yeah, that that kind of player. I mean, if there was like another Joe Harris that they could go trade for, like maybe maybe yeah. something like that. Um, they already I mean they already have the first one, but uh, but another player kind of you know a, a a good sized wing who can who can shoot it really well and put it on the floor some. Right, right. Robert Covington, even though he hasn't been shooting it that yeah. well, I guess that's a that's a yeah, option. yeah. But I, I don't, I, I don't think he. I mean, I think Houston is kind of he's kind of all in with what 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 they have, and, and Covington's a big part of that. But yeah, Seth, you know the reactionary tweets and takes. I feel like they're at an all time high. Am I am I wrong? So I think I mean that there's some of that. I mean, part of it is is that it's every year in the playoff. Part of it is we're kind of um, for a number of reasons, just like I think people are emoting a little bit for obvious reasons and it's just also some of it has just been like you know saved up for for you know five months of no sports takes it's uh yeah you know, <laughs> i think that, you know um but i don't know it's, it seems like every year we say it's the like it's the craziest it's ever been i it, i don't know it 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 doesn't feel any more crazy than it normally does and it's all i think it, just, it always does get very like single game reactionary this time of year yeah, with that, with that said, where do you land on the uh, Dame Steph debate? <laughs> I mean, come on, 
<laughs> I, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, I, it's just like <laughs> no, no, it's no, no disrespect to Dame, but come on. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, like, you know, it's I actually I think I tweeted this today is like you know Dame hits one more big shot and people go crazy this month and 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 Steph's gonna have gonna have to score 45 a game next year just to shut everybody up. Like, I don't think like. I don't want to do the people forget dot, dot, dot meme, but like you, you look at like what Steph did in like his MVP seasons and it's, it is like absurd. Just the level of, you know, like the shots that were ooing and aahing at, at, at Dame hitting, which are unbelievable. But that was a, that was a nightly thing for Steph that year. Yeah. I mean, you speak to confirmation bias. I think when anybody has a good game, we're just looking for anything to make them seem like they're the greatest player ever. And then if they have a bad game, we go, Oh, he gained some weight. He's not the same player he used to be. And then it just changes back and forth every game. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's especially year to year, like guys get better. They get, they get, you know, banged up. They maybe fall into some, you know, bad hat, but I mean, you know, sometimes you just fall into it's fall into a place where your your decision making is in like a like a pattern that isn't like conducive to 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 success all the time, and and you can fall into those, and then you can have periods where you're you know everything you do you touch turns to gold, and and you know it's that's why we look at guys over a number of years, not just like right now. A lot of people don't want to look over a couple of weeks, let alone right. a couple of years. Like right, right. we're just going day by day. Um, Lakers, uh, man, crazy loss uh, yeah. last night. What what kind of adjustments would you like to see them make? Uh, to, you know, change things around for them. I mean, make I, I, yeah. So like, <laughs> make shots. I, like like if Danny Green and and, uh, and KCP aren't making shots, it's going to be yeah. tough for them because the spacing gets worse and worse every time they miss. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a difference between there's there's a difference between not making shots and what we saw. So, um, with the with like the tracking data, you can kind of um, uh, you know, measure what uh, like what an average player would make on a given shot. You know, based on where it's from on the floor. Uh, you know where the defenders are. You know how how much the guy is moving uh, off the dribble or, or or catch and shoot stuff like that. So you can come up with a pretty good kind of this is what an what an average player would shoot on that shot, uh, and then you can kind of compare what a team actually shoots to that. And last night was was when you include like the, all the missed free throws was the single worst shooting game that a team has had since the tracking data came in in twenty thirteen fourteen. Jeez. So like, yeah. So if they're not hitting shots, sure. But then there's, there's not hitting shots. And then there's the single worst game that a team has had since the, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yeah. I, I know that's, that's eight or 9,000 games. And that was the worst one. We, we got to watch it together. <laughs> yeah. It's not, and it's probably not going to happen again. No, no. I think, I think, I mean, I think their defense was basically fine. Yeah. Last night. And you know, their offense isn't ever going to be pretty. But it's right. you know, but you, you like the shots they got if you if you really break it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it did like the thing was is that started. I mean, certain people would think that they can't do anything with Damon CJ, but that part of it didn't look too bad. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's, it's like Portland did not get great looks, and Portland's a team that doesn't get great looks because. A lot but, of their stuff is is Damon CJ. Yeah, they just they're just tough shot yeah. makers. Those yeah, days. yeah. But they didn't, you know. But they did a good job of uh, like it. Just so happens that Dame tosses in a thirty six footer, and then they're they're kind of trapping, and they give up two wide open threes late in the game, and that's what sticks in your mind. But for the bulk of the game, like 
they were fine. And if they make a jump shot at any point all night, they win by 12. Yeah. So going into the bubble, who were, who did you have as legit title contenders and has that changed at all now? And who do you got right now? I mean, the, I, I was like everybody else. The three teams that I thought had the best shot were the two LA teams and, and the Bucks. Uh, and then Houston kind of uh, as like an, like a puncher's chance. Um, it's too early to, to feel like I've moved off of that at all. Like obviously Toronto is, has looked pretty good, but you know, they're playing the nets without Kyrie and KD. So, you know, you kind of adjust for that. Uh, the Celtics are, are, are handling Philly pretty easily, but that's, you know, Philly without Ben Simmons and they've been a mess all year. Um, so, I mean, is, is someone like, like, you know, Denver got walloped today. So, you know, the, you're not ready to put them in that, that, that spot yet. Um, uh, people want to make Boston the thing. And I, I just well, don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, Gordon just got injured. That's yeah. Tough. That's not, there's no depth right now. Right. Yeah. There, there's that. And it just, you, you know, the, what do they have against, you know, against either, either the bucks or if they got past them, the, the LA teams, it's, it's, it's hard to see those as good matchups for Boston. I'm with you. I'm with you. Seth, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Uh, let my listeners know where they can find you on social media and everywhere else. Uh, just uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at Seth Partnow. And uh, uh, during the playoffs, I'm trying to get a, uh, get a kind of one insight from the previous night's games up on, uh, on, on the athletic a day, just to, to break some stuff down from a, from an analytical perspective and, and hopefully give people a little bit of an insight into, uh, into that way of looking at the game. Seth, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Seth for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Also, take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it. Be on the lookout. For episode 191, Combo out.